How can entrepreneurs stop being dependent on a single source of income by trading and investing in the financial market? My name is Joachim Alsta and I welcome you to Financial Success Secrets. How many of you have something that is talking to you that sits between here? I do and I know that I'm not alone. This is quite usual. In this episode, we will dig into what it is that you need to take control of in order to go to the next financial level. Welcome to Financial Success Secrets. We have myself, Joachim, co-founder of Catching Secrets, and I invited back my dear friend, speaker, and coach, Marcella Bell, because I know she got some amazing insights to share with us on this particular topic. So with uh, it's a big pleasure, Marcy, to have you back. Hi. Hey there. I am super excited to be here. And I wanted to actually come on today and share some of the things that have been going on with me in my world lately. Uh, you know that I'm really big on learning. I love personal growth and development. Mm. And I've actually, as part of my own like continual journey, uh, I was taking a class recently and wanted to share a bit more about that. So Please. this is specifically in regards to money. And I wanted to continue to up-level my own relationship with money mm. and my money mindset. I think even, even if it's something where like, it's an area that I help people in, it's always important for us to be leveling up our own game. The best coaches, the best facilitators, the, the best any kind of person in that space like the best thing they can do is continue to grow themselves. So, yeah. and, and when you mentioned that, uh, hey, Joachim, we we need to come on and share this stuff, or you mentioned you've been through this class, I'm like, yes, I'm I'm very curious as well. Like, <laughs> I'm going to listen. Cool. So yes, actually, it was it's kind of funny the way I found this person, but um, yeah. So several mentors of mine had all worked with this one person. And I'm like, that's interesting. I'm someone who loves connecting the dots. Mm -hmm. And I trace this back to this incredible woman called Michelle Masters. And she is very well known um, within this select group of really amazing folks that have just like astronomically increased their wealth. So I thought, mm -hmm. hmm, I need to go see what she's up to and see how I can maybe work with her. And so I ended up taking her online money magic course. And this is something that we just finished wrapping up uh, just the other day. And wow, like I've known for a while about, okay, we need to work on our money mindset and we need to look at our limiting beliefs and we need to reprogram our mind. Like that's all things that I've been doing. And this really allowed me to take that to like a whole new level and so what she's really good about is breaking down really fancy concepts into to really small bite-sized chunks. So a little bit about that with when it comes to, you know, programming our minds and limiting beliefs, when we're young is actually when a lot of that foundation really gets laid down. Yeah. And I think, I think I've heard before where like logic doesn't even develop in children until around age seven. Okay. So when we're kids and in particular around, you know, like this being on money, mm. if, you know, kids have the, well, I'm here 
and I'm observing things. This is what's happening. And they're like, you know, human, the human brain is like a money, uh, excuse me, a meaning making machine. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you may have heard some, several other people in the personal development field talk about this where, okay, I'm here, this is happening. Therefore, you know, I think there's a baby in the blue carpet. I've, I've heard that one tossed around a few times and suddenly the baby is afraid of the blue carpet if it falls off the counter and keeps seeing blue carpet. Yeah. So if you're a child and okay, mom and dad are constantly stressed about money, huh? Kids don't have the logic to go, hmm, okay, this must just be a temporary thing. You know, mom and dad are stressed about money. Mm -hmm. That's okay. It's just because of a temporary situation and everything's going to be better. There's more of that. It's, oh no, maybe I shouldn't ask for things. Maybe I shouldn't ask for the toy that I want. Maybe I don't deserve those things. Maybe I'm not worthy of money. And these are all things that are, are getting, you know, programmed into our subconscious mind. Uh, and we're not even aware of it necessarily until years later, or there's certain patterns and things that we learned in childhood that we are not aware of are actually what's controlling and running our like financial habits, our, our spending habits, uh, our business habits. And when we start to uncover those and begin to reprogram our mind and expand our, our capacity for, for wealth, then that really begins to translate into like the, the physical, you know, world that we have here. And when we're able to dig into that unconscious level, it's like the, it's like the real core and the layers beneath all of the, okay, well, I know I should be saving more, or I know I should be investing, but what's stopping you from doing that and really getting into those is, is pretty incredible. So I guess, let me ask you, uh, when you were a kid, did you ever have any experiences that may, at least on a conscious level now, have led you to think about something or money or wealth in a particular way? Yeah, first and foremost, this is this is very interesting and being able to yeah go back to and cover some episodes, stories that could have shaped us because I definitely align with you that this is this is like happening unconsciously that we form these beliefs that really shape us. And for me, it's a particular um, event. It was Christmas Eve and we were, we were preparing to having the family over to, yeah, you know, eating great foods, having the time. And for us in uh, Europe, the big day is Christmas Eve itself. That's when we gather family and we do open presents. So yeah, we were preparing to have a family over and they eventually came. We had dinner eventually. It was presents and I was probably around nine or 11 years old. And I, I remember I got quite a lot of money. Like, okay, relative to an income today as an adult, yeah, it's not that much money. But for a kid at that time, I was pretty excited that I got money so I could buy, for example, uh, the next uh, toy or box of Lego. I was all into Lego at that time. So yeah, I remember as I got money during the night, I, I put it all into like one en envelope to keep it together. And before going to bed, I put it on a, a shelf somewhere in the living room. So I knew where I had put it. So when I came back the next day, I could like grab it from there. 
And so, yeah, when I woke up the next day on Christmas Day, pretty excited to just go and like take my money, play with some other toys I had. However, I had to start looking for the envelope because I couldn't find it where I thought I left it. And mm. I couldn't find it anywhere. Like looking here, looking there, looking underneath there, up there. It was nowhere. And I I was usually up very early as a kid. So I had to wait a long time for my parents to get up. Felt like forever for them to wake up. Like, mom, dad, where is that envelope? I put it here yesterday. They they kind of, they didn't know about that envelope. So we all started looking, but we couldn't, couldn't find it. So the conclusion in the end was that this, uh, this envelope probably been trashed with all other waste. So mm-hmm. it was gone. So it was quite uh, like a uh, setback uh, for me, like um, emotionally, like hmm, my, my money can be gone that easily. And as I grow up, and it's only a couple of years ago that that struck me that hmm, that event had a profound effect on shaping me as a saver. So if you talk about like, like a money blueprint or relationship with money, that I have to protect my money. If the money leaves mm. my hand uh, and I'm not in control, it can easily be gone. I need to like save. I need to have full control and really not kind of let go of it and really kind of harvest things I can have because the money can easily be gone if it's if it's not within my control at all times. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I've seen that event as really, really shaping my beliefs around that. Yeah. Saving and really reinforcing that behavior of being a saver. Now, okay, it's great because I can live below my means and I can save to invest. So yeah, um, that's, that's been a big thing uh, for me. Do you have any like events on your side or, and can you relate to any of that? I can relate to that. Actually. I had a, my own sort of uh, incident that I remember in childhood that I think really kind of solidified some unconscious beliefs for me. And the one that for me that stood out was I had really wanted a bunny, like a pet bunny. Like this was like my mission. There was a girl at school that she was like talking about her new bunny and how amazing it was. And I didn't have any pets and I wasn't really allowed to have any. Mm. So, you know, being what, like a, you know, first grader or something, I was pretty little. I decided, okay, so my grandparents usually give me money every now and again, but I have, I don't have enough. So I'm going to borrow some money from my mom. At first I asked her for it. And of course it was like, no, you can't have money or no, what do you want it for? So I was like, so uh, did you ask again and ask again. <laughs> I did. I did. So I, I'd asked. And then finally I decided, okay, well, I'll borrow it from her and then I will pay her back as soon as, you know, grandma and grandpa get me some more money and I'll be fine. And I'm going to keep, I'm going to go and I'm going to go to the pet store. And I'm going to get this bunny and I'm going to keep it in my closet and my parents will never know. That was my plan. You know, of course, foolproof. Yeah. Yeah, Not to mention, you know, like the pet store is not going to look at me and go, wait, are you old enough to be buying an animal? But these are things you think about when you're a kid, you know, you've only got that sort of limited perspective. Mm. And so I borrowed the money from my mom's purse that morning. I said, okay, tonight after they go to bed, I'm going to go to the pet store. I'm going to walk there. I'm going to get the bunny and it'll be great. And 
somehow between the end of uh, between the morning when I, I borrowed it and the end of the day, apparently that $20 was there for a specific reason or something. So my mom went looking for it and my parents had found that. And like, you know, at the end of the day, they, they, I don't remember why, but they found it in my backpack. And so suddenly I was the guilty party. Like I had stolen money and you know, no, no kid that says, well, I'm going to pay you back. I mean, it's like, okay, in my household, that was just the scenario that it was. And there was anger and there was, you know, a whole big, a whole big scenario. And I swear, even my teachers and people at school knew about it. Um, the community that I was in was, was very um, religious at the time, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. It's just for me, that particular environment was not a, as healthy of a, an environment as it could have been. And so there was a lot of shame around that. Mm. And I think for me, it really talked about, or it really taught me on an unconscious level that, okay, not to ask for money because you're not going to get it. And then heaven forbid you borrow money, you're going to get in trouble for it. <laughs> and then there's a lot of shame in asking for what you want and to, to want that in the first place. And that's not a really conducive mindset to building and growing wealth. And so for me, I've been doing a lot of, you know, change work and, and reprogramming around things like that. Mm. Um, and that's, that's really been helpful because even when we're, we start to become aware of those things and start to let our, let our brains know, like it's safe to ask, it's safe to want money and to really start to shift our relationship to money, mm. uh, really profound changes can happen. So one of the other areas uh, I love that Michelle really goes really deep on and talks about is how our brains, like our reptilian part of our brain back here uh, is really like its only job is to keep us alive, keep us alive. And that's it. It yeah, really, it doesn't safe. care if we're happy. Exactly. Keep us safe. It doesn't care if we're happy. It doesn't care if we're wealthy. It just wants to, are we dead? No. Okay. Then let's keep it this way. Yeah. Uh, so anything that's like, I guess, proven to be survivable, the reptile brain back here is okay with. And the front part of our brain, the prefrontal cortex, which is all of our, you know, executive functioning and more of that active thinking. It's like, I'm not happy with this level of income. I'm not happy with, with this. I want more. And all of these, you know, the more conscious, rational thinking, and the reptile brain back here goes, nope, nope. I don't, I don't know if we can handle, you know, a whole new big race coming in. I don't know if we can handle that. That has not been proven to be survivable. Mm. And it, it works off of these old patterns, these old things that we learned at a really, really young age. And that's oftentimes why we may find ourselves hesitating or when we'll get a large chunk of money, all of a sudden we're like spending it like that. And we're just know, going through it and why sometimes there's those patterns of self-sabotage can really start to show up. Mm. But when we're able to learn these things and become aware of, okay, what's, what programs are running back here? My brain's just trying to do its job to keep me alive mm. and begin to, to change them. It's absolutely incredible yeah. and how yeah. our family can be a part of that too. Yes. Yeah having this awareness that's where it all starts that we get yeah that conscious awareness about what is these questions or what are these these uh, statements 
what is our identity? What are we telling ourselves? You you mentioned it like earlier, maybe like, okay, I shouldn't ask for money. Maybe I don't deserve that. It's being really aware of what uh, what we are telling ourselves. And that, that brings us all into like, there are some interesting uh, questions or statements that we can fill out for, for ourselves to really uncover what are kind of the story that or the identity that we are having. Something that um, I found and seen that been help, being helpful for many others is, for example, taking the statement that uh, money is, and you fill out the blanks, yes. and you can do that three times. So money is, and take the statement a second time, then a third time. And for example, rich people are, that's another one. And you fill out the blank three times. And uh, to use um, to use this to really uncover, yeah, what is what is the beliefs that's going on up here to get that awareness and then eventually start changing them. What well, what is a, a technique that you have discovered that you can use to reprogram your beliefs? So I think for me, even before I had had sort of done this course. Uh, was visualization work. Mm. Uh, that's something that I had had really delved into uh, to give our brain, you know, or to give my brain a, a new sort of picture of what would this look like? What would this feel like? And now that I've, I've actually gotten to go through and do even more of this, um, there's, there's more techniques, like I said, that Michelle mm. teaches in her work um, on that. But visualization is a great one to be able to like re re-image something almost <laughs> kind of mm. like when you like re-image a hard drive in that, in that sort of way. So yeah, visualizing a new outcome and being also being aware of like, what are the, the thoughts running in the background when you're dealing with money? Mm. So is okay. If you're having a business exchange with someone, are you constantly feeling in the back of your mind? Like, Ooh, they, they might like screw me over or I might not get enough or, yeah, so being hmm. aware of these thoughts and yeah. uh, may maybe sensations as well in the body. Like, is there maybe a knot or butterflies? What is happening in the body physically as well as we're talking about money? Yes, being present comes to mind. So if you're hmm. about to ask for something or if you're getting to the point of a sale and you're starting to feel that knot in your stomach or you're feeling uncomfortable, you're feeling like sweaty palms, really noticing Okay, what's coming up around that? Mm. And maybe maybe not in the moment, but after the fact, looking back and reflecting and even journaling on, okay, what was I feeling? And then why? The mm. questions that you brought up are really, uh, really a great tool as well, because when we're able to, when we're able to ask better questions, it, it gets our brain thinking. Mm. So another another thing that sort of expanded for me in the last um, the last couple of months. Um, around work to do with money and my relationship to it is around family as well and our family ties with relationships because our family is often the example that we have growing up around money. Mm. And if our parents or our grandparents or uh, you know aunts, uncles, whoever's really close in our life, we see how they relate to money. Mm. And so like even asking like, what did, you know, to my mom, money meant, or to my father, you know, money meant, and examining 
how are the the ways that my family related or had a relationship to money? How does maybe some of those things connect to how I relate and have a relationship with money? So if I have one parent who's really, you know, like they just love buying things all the time. Well, do I occasionally have patterns where I'll go like on a spending spree and, and say, Hmm, or did they lose a business? And is there a lot of like guilt and shame around that? And are there any patterns that I can look at and see in my life of, Oh, I might be actually repeating some of those. So yeah, really like being present, reflective, asking the questions and then doing visualizations uh, around that or continuing on to explore other sorts of change work. Like what I talked about are really, really helpful for that. Yeah. Yeah. I can, uh, I can relate to what you say. I know like uh, one of my grandmothers, they uh, have a lot of stuff like collecting and mm. it makes sense, like, because my grandma has lived through the Second World War and there wasn't a lot of abundance. Like, what you got, you got to keep that, take good care of it, because you never know what kind of times you might end up in. So, and then I've been asking myself, like, okay, maybe that is also reinforcing, like, the saver behavior that, yes, whatever you get all of, Make sure you protect it and keep it close. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really, it's funny because we all have some sort of fear or fears that come up around different aspects of our life. And that includes financial ones. And when we're able to really shift into knowing, okay, am I coming at, you know, whatever my challenge or my problem or whatever the situation is from you know, an aware mindset versus a scarcity mindset of, okay, well, I might not get another one. Um, I was actually just doing this recently with a, with a video game console. I was going to get rid of long time had it. I was like, I'm not going to play this for a long time, but I just, I want that potential because what if, what if, what if I can't ever get another one of these or, you know, Oh, well, it was expensive back in the day. What if it's expensive again? Can I get another one of these? And it was funny because I had to just sit there and think for a minute going, well, yeah, of course I can get another one of these. I mean, people will have collector's editions of all sorts of things. It's not even that old. So if I really want another one, I can get it. Yeah, it's just so funny you mentioned it. I had the exact same thing with with a console that's been laying here in uh, underneath uh, the TV for I don't know how many years. It's like more than seven years. Probably used it a couple of times. (laughs) And then like my sister was like, hey, can I inherit that? Because I know you're not using it. And I was like, but what if I want to use it? (laughs) But yeah, eventually like, okay, let it go. I can count on one hand how many times it's been used. So exactly, I can relate. Yeah. And Marcy, let's let's do a wrap up. There's been a lot of content, a lot of great insights. And if there's something more you want to add, uh, please do that. And uh, I just want to like uh, recap uh, this great session. You coming on here, sharing your insights, what you learned from that um, money, ma- what was it? Money magic mindset yeah. class. So it's, a, it's a class called money magic uh, done by Michelle masters. And she's fantastic. You can look her up online. Uh, also, she has a great book um, on Amazon money magic. You can get that there as well. So highly recommend it. She's amazing. 
Cool. Yeah. So it's all about going from being unconscious to becoming conscious about what is the stories, what is the beliefs we have around money. We can do that by exploring our childhood, finding significant events like, okay, when we start, we might not think about particular significant events, but start exploring stories, things that happen. And then you might discover that, wow, this can actually be, this might have been significant and shaping me and my beliefs around money. We talked about how family can influence us and some techniques like visualizations, questions, and also filling out blanks in statements to really become aware of where we are at. Anything you want to add to this, Marcy? I think just for everyone listening to keep growing and continue yeah. on the journey, like the, the path of you know wealth and abundance and growth, it, it is a path, it's a journey, and it's not something that necessarily happens overnight. And we can always continue to expand. And as we do that and continue to expand within ourselves, those sorts of opportunities and wealth and abundance will begin to show up more in our lives as we're able to do that. So it's almost like the the growth and the abundance starts on the inside and it it multiplies the things happening in the world even faster. So keep at it. Yes. Awesome, Marcy. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, this episode was really fun to do. And you who listen as well, comment, like it, share it, depending on how you come across this content so that... Yeah, we can engage with you and yeah, help you grow even faster as Marcy just talked about. Marcy, join me for the catching move. And we'll see you back in the next uh, session anytime soon. <laughs> Let's do catching. If you want to get rid of any uncertainty and doubt on how to make profitable investments, go to bit.ly forward slash fss hyphen start. That is bit.ly forward slash fss hyphen start. The other option is if you found this show interesting, I deeply appreciate any support you can give. You can go to bit.ly forward slash fss hyphen support that is bit.ly forward slash FSS hyphen support in order to support my journey to bring this message to even more people. Thanks. Disclaimer, trading and investing are high risk activities. I never give advice. I only share my experience and what is working for me. Do your own research before taking any action and invest and trade only with money you can afford to lose.